0: Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, why don't you let the audience know what we got in store today? Well,
1: actually, I can tell you he's in the studio. I cannot tell you what we're doing. I know. Um, I'm going to let you drive here in a second. But we were joined uh, with us by Greg Crooks. He is our executive pastor and uh, the man who gets stuff unstuck and gets us aligned around here, plays a really important role. So, uh, Greg, welcome, brother. Glad you're here.
2: I'm excited to be here. A little nervous. No
0: idea what's planned,
2: but
1: (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) I love it. Okay, Adam, this is your meeting. You may drive.
0: That's right. So we are not kidding. We have no clue where this particular episode is going to go. We've had this harebrained idea that we think is brilliant, and I think every leader will identify with this. You're driving around, and you get this idea, and you're like, this is going to be awesome. We should do this. And now we're executing on one of those ideas. So the idea was this is let's get three people in a room, and the only quote unquote homework is that you have to bring one leadership thought, idea, principle, something that you've been thinking about lately that's been influencing your life. We're not going to share that with one another. We're gonna share it live here while we're recording it and uh and I what you know, we had this suspicion that sometimes if you're just in a room with leaders talking, that's not on a stage, not scripted. That's like, there's gold that mm. can happen there. Sometimes we're not promising gold right now, but we've been a part of those meetings, watching <laughs> other, <laughs> watching bit. other leaders the talk. The and so we're to mediocrity. Yeah. Okay. We're going to try to. Anything north them. of that is a bonus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, so we all have three things. And Greg, I'm looking at you. You're the guest, <laughs> and we're going to let the guest go first. So, what is I, one? I, I thought the homework
2: was specifically just come here and, and be ready to have a great conversation. So I What have you been thinking about? Any though? assignment? But luckily, I think I have something on my mind. Leadership. Well, What's you on know, your mind? Love it. Share. Um, you know, I've I've been thinking about this. Um, how how leadership is is first and foremost a stewardship of people's lives. And if you just if you just boil it down to that, um, as leaders, we are entrusted with. Um, God's son or daughter, um, somebody's husband or wife, somebody's mom or dad. And um, you know, every leaders come and go, but who really makes a difference on those lives, right? That's our our success as leaders really comes down to that is impacting people's lives for the better, leaving people better than um, than we find them. And um you know, thinking about um, just the ripple effect of that of that leadership, right? If uh, we've all been in situations where um, because of leadership, we've been encouraged. Uh, we've been in situations where because of leadership, we've been discouraged and we really get to choose. But I think it just comes down to first and foremost, seeing that our leadership as a responsibility, stewardship, our success as leaders to go, hey, uh, my success is impacting people's lives for the better. And recognizing that through my words, right? Proverbs eighteen twenty one have the power of life and death And how I'm doing as a leader is going to ripple all throughout somebody's
0: life. So connect some dots for us. How did you get to that thought? I really like it. Was it this through some experience? Did you read something? Yeah, you know, I, I've watched some, several... Was that in your Twitter feed like two minutes before <laughs> no, now? No,
2: it's been in my heart for a while. It yeah, really it has. has um, we've had some some uh, transition here on staff, yeah. and so thinking about extraordinary leaders and uh, why, why people transition all the time, but why do some make such a, a huge impact on people's lives? Why do some people go, you know, ah, he's gone, you know, he got a lot of stuff done, but he's gone. But that, that person, man, that person really Never, that, that's
1: just because people don't have a context relationally. You've never said that when somebody left.
2: That was <laughs> a hyperbole. Uh, of course, uh, there. but some people more than others, sure, right? Some that, people make true. a bigger difference on our lives than others. Why is that? What are some of the characteristics? And so I've been thinking about that a lot.
0: That's really cool. Because what I think what you're saying is a leader can have a lot of success publicly, but then when they leave, it's what are those private conversations yeah. that have happened with the individuals that say, hey, I know you did some stuff publicly and I know yeah. you... Uh, implemented this new program or you preached that sermon or you led this ministry. But what you did for me personally was really impactful. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that when all the dust settles, that may be one of the best uh, marks of leadership yeah. was how many individual lives. Yeah. It goes really back connected. to that relationship.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah so, great. yeah, cause a lot of times we think, obviously when we think stewardship, we think about money, right? right? So if I've got a big pile of money, I have got a responsibility, um, you know, for um, before God to steward that really well. A lot of times we don't think about leadership and um, those that we lead, uh, as a stewardship, um, there, and so, uh, this really, really, really great idea. You wouldn't want to waste that, you know, opportunity, that yeah. blessing, that uh, really rich abundance that you have in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in front of you. So, what is that like, you know, put us in? in your office, put us in meetings, put us in conversations, Greg, uh, where that thought runs across your mind and you say, okay, this is now I'm going to act differently because th- I've got that on the forefront of my mind. you have yeah. any examples of that?
2: Yeah. Oh gosh, this is going to be a little bit more personal than I was planning to go. But I think <laughs> that you, you say this sometimes about me, which I appreciate, but it's just, um, you know, you get a lot of stuff done, right? Or you're, yeah. you're the guy that helps, you know, this place run well, get unstuck. Thank you. That's great. But You know, would I be one of those leaders if I left? That would be more of the first, which is to go, you know, yeah, I appreciate all that. But did I make an impact on the people? Did I impact the relationships, the hearts, the lives? Or would I just be a guy that got a lot of stuff done? So I'm I'm thinking a lot about my, about my legacy and uh, man, I want I want both, but I don't think you can be a really really great leader if you just have one of those.
1: Well, I will mm. give you when we're within the twenty four hour window here, brother. You know, so you and I um, sparks were flying. Weren't, sparks weren't flying, but um, there was. Uh, you don't always get your way, you know. And I probably hadn't gotten my way the way I, I wanted. And uh, and you called me. Um, you know yesterday morning before the day had even started and said hey brother i just want to check in make sure you're good you know and i and i was i was no, no nothing in my uh you know in my mind ever said hey this is this is a good time to jump no it was just a, you know just one of those days and uh, and i appreciated hey you know the day hasn't started yet i don't need anything from you uh, but you're my brother in christ yeah. and um and I just want to make sure you're good, man. And uh, cuz we're going to, you know, we're going to uh, roll up to the office and hopefully move the kingdom needle, but uh, before we do any of that, I just want to make sure that you're good and you didn't ask me about any deliverables or, you know, any projects or people that I was shepherding. So I just want to check in on you. Yeah. So, absolutely,
0: man. I I uh, I see that. Uh, I see that in you.
2: Well, and, uh, I, yeah. I appreciate that. But, that's awesome. Uh, it's been it's been some deep thoughts.
0: Yeah, no, and that's great. I mean, I think what a great thought for all of us as leaders to go: Do I want to be known by the accomplishments, or do I want to be known by the impact that I made in people's lives? And I think what we saw in uh, the transition that that you're referencing is this was a person who did both. Yeah. Like it is possible to do both. You can be great right. in public, right? And then you can be even better behind the scenes and the way that you're really impacting, uh, individuals lives. Right. And I think, I think we saw a great model of that. Right. And I just love that humility. That's really convicting that humility that you're just going, Hey, I, that's great that I want to be known as the guy that gets stuff done. We yeah. can start to, that's part of it. Yeah. We can start to handle or really start to relish in that identity. And you're going, but in the end, am I, am I really impacting people's lives? That's great. What I also love about your thought too, is just this idea about leadership being temporary and so you just have to steward the moment that you have it. I mean, none of us in this room are going to be in a position of leadership forever. Yep. I mean, it, it's going to go away. Somebody else is going to do our job. Not not if, it's when. Someday somebody else is going to do it. And so all we can do is just just steward the the little responsibility that we have while we have it, because yep. it's going to go away. Yeah.
2: And I, and I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about, I think, just loving people, engaging hearts and relationships and uh, encouraging people. I think that's part of it. But, you know, another part of stewardship, I think, is also going, hey, I, this person's gifts and talents and life Interested to me, and how can I help to develop those? And sometimes that that does involve saying hard hard things. That's still just as loving, but just going, hey, I I need to love you enough and care about my stewardship responsibility enough to go, hey, I think this is going to hold you back, and I I still am way for you. I care about a relationship a ton, but I, I still need to say this to help you. And I think that combined with some of the other things, that's where I think we start to get to a really really great. Leader that I think we all aspire to be.
1: That's good. I love I love that you use the the uh, the phrase you know God's son or God's daughter yeah. uh, that, that's in front of you. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that they're younger than you, but any any human being uh, that's rightly related to God is his son uh, biblically or his daughter and and so that as is,
0: opposed to thinking
1: those idiots <laughs> right <laughs> or
0: those fools on my that part, team that never do what I say. Person that
1: yeah. keep emailing me. <laughs> uh, that's what they are. They're uh, yeah. They're clutter in my inbox. Um, Yes, that, man, that thought right there, I can't tell you how many times it's just um, totally reframed the way I have conversations with people, especially those, um, you know, it's more, this is more on the pastoral side where uh, I feel like somebody is really hard hearted or we've been over this before. Here's the scriptures to obey and we can get together and talk about them again. But I really kind of think it's, you know, just. Like ah, quit. you know, you, which you would never say, and you don't really mean, but it, it crosses your mind, like, quit calling me, you know. Um, and when I see that person on caller ID, or I see that person in uh, in my inbox, and I just go, man, this has been, you know, uh, this has been a real slog uh, to love this person. Uh, I think about the fact that this is God's son or God's mm-hmm. daughter, yeah. yeah. And uh, and I think um, I think how deeply I've got four kids. I think how deeply I want my kids uh, to be loved. Cared for and led, uh, and oftentimes that, that the answer to my prayers could be um, a leader in another church. You know, and man, I you know my kids are gonna they're gonna be cantankerous at times, and probably take a lot of grace uh, to to interact with them. But I sure hope somebody sees the incredible value that my kids have. Um, and one of the ways they could do that is by understanding they're one of God's kids. And when I when I think about that, you know, I'll think about this is somebody's son and daughter. Boy, I sure would hope. Uh, if this was my son and daughter in the same situation, someone will be gracious and kind. Yeah, um, that's that's generally enough to make me, you know, engage with that person. And then when I think, um, okay, this is even more so. This is God's. I mean, the the creator of the entire universe and uh, and person, the 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 guy who had this person in mind. Before any of it began, okay, this person has got some, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis would say some weight and mm. glory to them, mm. and um, you pick up the phone and say, "Hey, you know, brother, it's so good to hear from you. What's going on? How can I help?" Yeah, and uh, it's very, very different than a phone number or an email or just a name. It's yep. God's son or daughter, and that that's, um, that's the stewardship of that moment. You're, you know, imagine if the president's daughter or son, you know, or or, or the queen or whatever way more important, yeah. way more important. This is God's son's or daughter.
2: Yeah. That's really good. That's, that, that really is sobering. And like you said at the beginning, a lot of times when you, you think about stewardship first, it, it's financial. And so it'd be like, if you inherited a large sum yeah. of money, I think you go, whoa, you know, how could I be a faithful steward? Even more than that, even more than resources, right? A person, alive, yeah, a life, God's son, God's daughter, somebody's somebody's
0: mom or dad. Um, that's a big deal. Totally. All right, great. So uh, leadership is a stewardship. That's the first idea that we're gonna talk about. How about I go next? What You you want me to go next? It's my party, (laughs) so I'm gonna go next. Would you like to
1: go next? Yeah, I'm gonna go next. Why don't you go
0: next? All right, so here, I'll give you guys the the one-liner and then I'll kind of talk to you about how I got there, okay? And for some reason, this has been so encouraging to me, uh, helping me wake up every day to steward the leadership responsibilities that I have. And so the one-liner is this, is that no one really wants to be led, and I'll put one qualifier on that, except in a crisis. Right, mm-hmm. that, uh, And I don't know why, but for some reason that has been so encouraging to me that nobody wakes up, most or most people don't wake up in the morning and go, man, I can't wait to be led today. And uh, and I think some of the things that have been leading to this is just this idea of, I think the new American dream is autonomy yeah. that's out there mm-hmm. and that idea that I don't have to answer to anyone or anything. And I think that is so much of what we're seeing in our culture right now. Even some of the conversations we had in our leadership team meeting this morning about uh, the rise of side hustles and yeah. employees that are just like the the articles that are out there about how soon the economy is going to be. Everybody's going to be a freelancer. Mm, I mean, gig. I, I want to be like, my own boss. I want to be my own boss. I don't want to have to answer to anyone or anything. So uh, Daniel Pink's book Drive that came out a few years ago, talking about what motivates the American workforce or what, what motivates employees, autonomy, was at the top of that list like i just want the freedom to do whatever i want to do if you think about the way financial freedom the way we talk about it in our culture what we're really saying the the pinnacle of financial success is when you don't need money from a job or from the government or from anybody you just you have enough money that you can do whatever you want i think that's a it's this dream this new american dream of autonomy i don't think people really like bosses and i even think about the Um, What you guys do so well in stewarding leadership, uh, towards the end of last year, the exercise that I was asked to go through to just say, hey, why don't you write down what your dream job would be? As we were trying to think about different tweaks to my job. And I just remember hearing that and just going, finally, like (laughs) finally, somebody is going to give me what I want. I'm going to be able to do whatever I want. And to my great shame, when I first wrote down the list, it was was really just like – I want to like get to the office whenever I want to. I want to read. I want to maybe just turn on the podcast studio and record some podcasts. Oh, I want right. to maybe teach and um, I want to maybe write. And then I'd love to be able to watch baseball during the day and um, exercise whenever I want to. You know, it was, just, it was just this dream of autonomy. I was I was right there with it. And so, um, so I don't think anybody really wants to be led, which really helps me to know that when I'm coming in, I can't come in to a situation, uh, thinking that I am—I've got all the answers and that I'm their savior—that's there to to lead them into the promised land. And uh, but so so nobody really wants to be led, but but people do want to be loved. They do want to be served. They do want to be cared for. And to a certain extent, I think people still do want to be coached and they want to get better. Hmm. And for some reason, that that shift of of leading to just a reminder of what Jesus told us in Mark ten. You know, I think. It, It really fits with a, it's not just a a first century thing when Jesus was talking to his disciples and said, you know, those who regard, who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. I mean, a lot of that, I think there's a lot of people even now here in 2019, that would be going, yeah, I don't want that, you know, and and Jesus saying, not so with you. Mm -hmm. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, whoever wants to be first must be slave of all for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So similar to what you were saying, Greg, I think what, what's been motivating to me is to wake up in the morning and go, when I walk into the office, my team doesn't want a leader, but what they do really want, I- unless we're going through a crisis, I mean, that would be the caveat yep. that we can yep. talk about, but day in and day out, the, the machine's running, right? We're, we're doing everything well. Uh, they're not looking to be led, so to speak. But I think they're looking to be loved, served, cared for and to a certain extent mm. be even coached to help make better. So that's mm. that's what's been rattling that's around. In my brain. Well, I mean, I think that's
2: that's an indictment on on our leadership because there is no other kind of leadership, mm-hmm. you know, according to Jesus and in all of our minds, right? Other than loving, caring, and serving for. And I think that's probably a product of not having that, you know, from yeah. um from bad leadership in the past. I read this recently. It said, our our people are great. It's our leadership that's lacking. Uh, and so if we led in the ways that you just laid out and Jesus talked about in Mark 10, I think people would want to be be led.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, so let me push back on that idea just a little bit. I think what you're saying is uh, people don't want to be told what to do. Right. Okay, which is a part of leadership. Like you tell people what to do. Uh, most people don't like that. They're not, um, my, you know, starting it, you know, age three, we don't like to be told what to do. So that, that'll, that'll, uh, I'll concede. But do you think that people do want, even outside of crisis, they want to know like where we're going, that we've got a plan, what we're doing, where true North is, um, those, those kind of things. Do you think people woke up this morning and saying, I hope that's true
0: uh, that component of leadership. Yeah. And I, I I would call that, I mean, we can call it a bunch of different things. Yeah. And even on our staff, we'll call that different things. Some people call that vision yep. and, and the other one, and some others would just call it clarity. yeah, Right. Okay. And so I think, yes, everybody wants clarity. Clarity, we've talked about this before, I believe is one of the most inspiring things in the world. It's just, okay, I know where clarity is. I think as a church, we know what clarity is. I mean, it's, it's, Pretty, it's pretty clear where to be and make disciples, and yeah. so I don't think we really lack a lot of clarity of what our job is, and so I think for and maybe it's just an organization our size, maybe, maybe there um, uh, other churches or other organizations out there that are maybe smaller. It's like no, I have to keep reminding them of why we exist, and yeah. and they get they get confused. They think we exist to be a charity. They don't know that we're here to call people to something, and so. Uh, so I'll concede that maybe I do have a have a narrow view on some of that but I think we I think we have clarity on what the the mission is and I think a lot of times it's um I just kind of want to do it at my pace and I want to do it the way I want to do it and uh and, you know which would be a byproduct of what we all it's it's selfishness. it's another way of saying selfish yeah, <laughs> we're right. all we're all self-interested totally totally yeah. okay so it's Monday morning
1: and you're coming in you're about to meet with your team and that you know that idea goes across you know, uh, your mind and, uh, meeting starts. Like, how does that inform the way that you, uh, you lead the folks yeah, that you're with?
0: In this, in this strange way, it changes my posture and it, and it produces, I don't know how, wh- how why, but it produces a humility, I think that's uh, there of just going, okay, I'm here to serve them, right? I'm here to serve them. And so some of the ways I serve, what we brag on Greg is to get them unstuck because they do have their agenda and they do have tasks because They have a job, right? So there are things that they're trying to get done and they want to get that stuff done. And so I'm not here to micromanage that process. I'm here to make sure they have all the resources they need. They have all the encouragement that they need and that I can get them information that they need and help get them unstuck. So it just, I I don't know how to say it. it. It does something in this strange way. It stiffens my spine to be a leader but through uh, a posture of I'm here to serve them. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. I don't know how those things reconcile. Right. I wish I could tell you exactly like these two dots connect to do that in me. Yeah. But that's why I go for some reason it seems like this negative thing that nobody wants to be led that just right. sounds like uh I'm a I'm a you know mad gen xer and I'm not. Like it's so encouraging gen to X. to, that to remember months, <laughs> <laughs> that that no they don't want okay. leadership but yeah. they they really but
2: there's, want But there's miles between you know number 1, hey guys, here's where we're going. I need you to serve me. Number 1, number mm-hmm. 2, hey guys, how could I how could I serve you today? You yes. know, what could I do to help you, serve you, encourage you, bless you, remove a, a roadblock? I I want to serve you guys. Everybody wants that.
1: Amen. They'll follow yeah. that guy. So okay, so what does the opposite look like? Uh if you you uh woke up this morning assuming Uh, you know, your team couldn't wait to be led today. And let's assume you're like, you're wrong with that. Like then, then what would that leadership look
0: like? I I think what it would look like is it's just my agenda is driving the meeting and it's whatever I want to get done. And all the coaching would be about how these people could serve me better, you know, and uh, and, and it would just be um, nitpicking on ways that they can make my life easier. And, and so, which is the paradox of leadership on some of this, because, the three of us would get a new leader in the room get a 20 something we go your number one job is to make your boss's job easier right like we get that right but but the boss can't say the number one job of your team is for them to make your job easier like we also have to to go my number one job is to make their job easier and and when you get that mutuality going i think that's when a team is really functioning well Good. when there's that mutual love going in there and so even though I might have a title or a position or authority of leadership, it, it's still my number one job is to make their life better and uh, and get the organization marching in the right direction. But while I'm caring for and stewarding them, and yep. so if we both walk in going, my job is to make the other's job life better, um, and I think some really cool things can happen, just like it would happen in our marriages. Totally, you know? yeah, I was and, uh, and so
1: that's good. Yeah, because you know a leader's job is to get from here to there. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's your job. Get everybody from here uh, to there. And what two ways to do it. One is to, you know, walk into the room and say, guys, this is what we're doing. Yep. And that works. You know, all this has kind of been like a kind of at the staff level. That's how we're uh, we're thinking about that, you know, in a large organization. But it works the same thing on volunteer teams or really in, anywhere where there's, uh, you know, someone who's designated as a leader. It works exactly the same way. We're trying to get somewhere. Um, the leader's job is to understand where that there uh, there is. And so you can. Barge into the room and tell them, guys, these are three things we got to do to get there. Uh, or you can kind of paint this vision and uh, say, "This is—I think this is where the some of the action steps. What do you guys think?" And you know, whatever it is that you're tasked with, um, you know, how can I help you get there? Yeah. How can I help you do that? And that's materially different. And people gen- generally uh, thrive under that second type of leadership. Yeah. But you're going to help me do the thing that um, I think contributes to the mission most. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and by the way, hey, how? The stuff that's on your plate, like, what can I do? Or uh, I've been thinking about uh, some of the challenges you're up against um, as well, so there's this I've I've been uh, I've seen this model of we serve each other. So now let me do that for yeah. you. Um, you don't have to ask that, demand that of me. It's just kind of a second nature because that's the way we relate to each other. Yeah, that's um, that's a. That's a fun and I'll way probably to, get
0: the quote of the book wrong. I'll I'll give it to Jim Collins and he can email me if I got this wrong. He <laughs> but uh, <'Cause> he's, <laughs> like, listening he's listening right now. To this little church music you know podcast. Is. But anyway, the the idea of so Greg, you said your worst nightmare would be. Uh, only being the to do guy, yeah. right, and only yeah. getting the stuff. And so my my nightmare on some of this stuff, and and I'll laugh. I'll say it, and then I'll laugh at it. But is uh, I never want to be accused of. When Adam led, it was a it was a genius with a thousand workers. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'd never be accused of being a genius. And uh, but I, you get that that tyrannical kind of it's my way and we're all gonna do this and you all work for me. Yeah. That's what I think Collins or and somebody can email me, whatever book that was from, is what they would call the genius in a thousand workers. Yeah. That is one way to be successful. Uh, but then the the opposite of that would be the high-functioning team where everybody's interdependent on one another. The gifts are being used. There's mutual respect and admiration. And we reckon, really, I think more of what Paul will talk about in 1 Corinthians 12, we're a body. Yeah. And uh, and so we've got all the different parts there and everybody's playing their role. And so I don't I don't ever want to run uh, or lead a team in a way that would ever be accused of a genius and a thousand workers. Yep. That's good. That's good. And if we
2: just go, hey... What was, what did Jesus think about this? You know, what were his thoughts on this? I mean, when Jesus talked about leadership, a couple words, humble, servant, you know, others
0: first, not to be served, but to serve, give your life as a ransom. So that's pretty clear. I like it. I like it. All right. So life, uh, leadership is a stewardship. Nobody wants to be led, but people do want to be loved, served and cared for. And so John Take it home, man. What's what's your thought? Take it home.
1: Well, you know, I, I've just been, um, maybe in a morbidly way, just kind of thinking about all the guys that have fallen, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, since, you know, this time last year, I guess, you know, and some some very high profile uh, pastors who have gone down, wrecked their ministry, or uh, got arrogant and got kicked out, or uh, thought the same rules didn't apply to them, and, you know, all, the, all those kind of things. And um, and so one of the, one of the thoughts I've, I've come back to you, like, how do you, how do you stay out of that? Right. You know, what is it that, you know, the American church and I don't, well, first off, it's not a new, uh, it's not a new phenomenon. I think it has been as, you know, uh, since the fall, um, there's no new ways to wreck your ministry. There's new apps, but really there's no new categories in which mm-hmm. to wreck your life. And, um, it, so it's not a new problem, but I, I do think that there's something about, uh, the visible nature of leadership in a church, um, social media, and all this kind of stuff um, that just sets people up to be prideful. And uh, pride comes before the fall. God opposes the proud, uh, James 4 6. Um, so pride is, is always uh, an incredible warning. And yet, I think that there's something about the American church uh, now that just it's a it's kind of a petri dish for pride. It just grows really yeah. really easily uh, there, which is a really dangerous thing. So um, the thought I've had is just it's not a new thought, uh, but I've been thinking a lot about uh, Jim Collins' uh, Level Five Leadership, and uh, which is a book. It's probably almost twenty years old, yeah. you know. And uh, I know you. I remember you read that. Yeah good, that you know? so yeah, good to great. You know, it's so good to great, and uh, which is like if you haven't read that, um, there's good to great in the social sectors. I think he's got a new. Um, you know, a little a little book on the flywheel effect. It's just all just great concepts uh, for leaders and managers. Um, and so, you know, he says, you know, there's five levels of leadership. And, and one is that, you know, you start with kind of this highly capable individual. Um, and then level two is you're a contributing team member. And uh, level three is you're a competent manager, uh, where, where a lot of people are. And uh, level four uh, is an effective leader. And so, uh, to be an effective leader, um, you want to be the kind of person who can uh, catalyze uh, things. Is some language uh, that he uses, and you have a. You know, we talked about this kind of this clear and compelling vision, and that you can get like the best out of people. Yeah, you know, and so you're. You. A lot of times, you think about this charismatic person who can, um, you know, say this is where we're going, and and just you know catalyze activity and um, and energy and engagement and things like that. So that that plays pretty well um that kind of person plays pretty pretty well in um in a church and i think a lot of times you can get stuff to grow um you can get more twitter followers and um you know maybe somewhere down the road maybe a book deal and and things like that um but he says that you know all the uh, if you're not familiar with the concept he studied uh, all these companies that moved uh, from a place that where they were good um to a position of greatness. And, uh, he measured kind of these sample sets that they were, these were these matched pairs, two identical companies and one broke out. Why was that? And, uh, so he chose 11 companies and he said in every single one of those companies, they had a level five leader and things that characterize the level five leader is this, you know, he calls it, it's a paradox. There is this, uh, deep humility in the leader, uh, as well as like a fierce will,
0: yeah.
1: So he—it's not like he's you know uh, wearing pastel sweaters and walking around the hallways talking in hushed tones and things like that. Greg, I think that's Greg, out at Greg, and not I Jake. don't think that's very nice. Craig's is that? Is blue today? That is blue. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's not—it's not that. Like this person knows where they're going and will not relent and will not stop. But it's. It's fundamentally about the cause or the organization and not about them. And that, when he said the the 11 companies that broke out, it was, that was the characteristic of of all of them was that they had a level five leader. And he talks about it in there. uh, He didn't want to concede that, that that could actually be a part of the the secret. He thought like that was lazy scholarship is to just say it's leadership, it's leadership. He's like, everyone says that, that you can't prove it. And they found ways to prove it. And like, which is really interesting if you know the, the research, like some of the things they would do is they would go back and look at like speeches of these CEOs and they would, uh, they would tag the use of pronouns. Mm-hmm. And so if a guy always use I, 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 they, they would move him out of level five. And if um, he used we and us, ours, mm-hmm. uh, he moved him into level five. I mean, that is five. such
0: a, a great insight and so easy to yeah, track. Yeah,
1: right, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, like, how do you actually quantify yeah. that, you know? And then when there was, like, blame, you know, something had gone wrong, uh, where did that go? Did that go to the leader or did that go to the people that worked for him, right? So, statistically, the guy that said, hey— this went wrong, and he goes, it's my fault, you know, to, to use your adage, you know, when there's blame, you look in the mirror when there's, um, you know, praise or a celebration, you look out the window. And those guys did that. Like, they could they could go back and, like, statistically show that these great companies, um, which was different from the good companies, these great companies, these, these – Leaders just, man, they obsessed about the mission, but they didn't obsess about them getting credit or being the epicenter or being made to look good. In fact, sometimes just the opposite. They would take it on the chin when it wasn't even really their yeah. fault. And their and their companies, the the in, the mission, quote unquote, won. And uh, and I think we could use some more of that in the church. So,
0: would you say so when you read the level four leader? Okay. Read that again. Like I'm sitting yeah. there going, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. is a really effective yeah, here's,
1: here's Jim Collins's um, just summary Anyway, they, they catalyze commitment uh, to the pursuit of a clear and compelling vision. They stimulate higher performance standards. So, um,
0: so here's my question. Here's yep. my provocative yep. question. Do you think if we know that deep humility is what characterizes a level five leader, the leaders, when you started this off saying, I want to talk about, or how do you stay away from falling, seeing all these leaders fall, which I know for you, uh, you know, we've had a lot of closed door conversations or a lot of conversations lately that that always hits you. You you have, you keep your finger on that pulse yeah. of what's going on in the church. And I know it it causes you to pound your fist on the table. Would you say that those who have fallen that lacked the personal humility were um, level four leaders that just got a little too many uh, or a few too many tw- Twitter followers? Um, I, I think it's part of it. Yeah. I mean,
1: who am I? I, I don't know. Yeah. And you can never know someone's heart. You know, that's it's not my place. But I think from the outside, there's a couple people that I'm thinking about specifically. And I would go, uh, that's one of the critiques has been, like, this kind of was fundamentally about them. Yeah. And uh, and that led to I mean with, you know you can just imagine the difference in activities uh, every day when you're thinking about yourself and making yourself look good or you're trying to drive the mission you just do lots of different things you yeah. make different decisions you spend money uh, differently all those kind of things I, I think that's a characteristic of churches that grew quickly or ministries that grew quickly uh, and then crumbled because you know the the basically the 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 leader didn't have the, the, the personal just kind of integrity yeah. uh, to handle it. So, so if we they, were going
0: to uh, use Jim's line of reasoning there, because uh, I'm on personal first name basis with him now. It's sure. Jim. Uh, but anyway. Um, long time listener, <laughs> Long time. He's going to email me because he's listening to this. But um, the, the level four leader is good. Right And you can get a lot done. Yeah. and These... you can be incredible as you said, that is a there's a lot of leaders. If we If you would have stopped right there and said, that's the top level, there's people listening right now like me that would go, I'll, I'll take that. man, somebody described me that way. But um, and so you can do a lot of good. Now, if we're talking about it in church context, a lot of good is a level four leader. Yeah. But uh, if you want to be great and really have something that endures, that deep, deep personal humility has yeah. got to be there. And if it's absent, you're not level five, mm. you're, you're level four.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so I, and that's an old concept. I feel yeah. like a little like... I don't know, like a bit of a cop-out. Um, so how does this, it, the new. question
0: that you've asked Greg and I, so yeah. you show up Monday morning and you're in your team meeting, how has this been impacting
1: you? Yeah, well, I I hope I can get to a level five leader, um, but I will tell you, I think about myself a lot, uh, more than I wish I did. Hmm. And, um, and I hope I'm thinking daily less. Uh, so uh, let's see. So right now, um, you know, we're putting together uh, different content. Well- I would love to be the feature in that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's let's roll the camera on me, and and I have you know a, a good say on on some of that stuff, and and so what I'm trying to say is, hey, what is best? Like, what would be the best? Who's the best? And and don't even like push my. It's like, hey, I'm thinking I could probably deliver this part. Let's don't even start there. Like, guys, you know, you know, we're around the table here. Who would be the best person to do that? And someone throws out someone's seconds. Like, great, let's let's run with that. Yeah. Uh, so that would be uh, an an example mm-hmm. uh, of that. Um. So is that? I don't know if that yeah. That's no, it's good. Vice. Like Greg, if there's uh, okay. a young
0: leader listening, that is sitting there. Uh, what what would you say to them to to make sure? that they're keeping some of this in check as far as the humility piece.
2: Yeah. I mean, it all goes back to that, right? I mean, just fighting, fighting pride, you know, and uh, that is, that is so clearly one of the things that can take us out and increasingly, I think as we grow and just thinking about, you know, first Peter five and how God opposes the proud, but gives grace and favor to the humble humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand that he would lift you up in Mm -hmm. due time. Amen. And, uh, over and over.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, as we're talking about this, I want to be clear, like, we're not talking about self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe in myself. I don't have what it takes. It's not that. Like, yeah. you can have incredible, like, belief that uh, you have something to offer here, that you can lead, that you've got good ideas, you've got vision. That's not, uh, That and humility aren't mutually exclusive. You can do both of those uh, at the same time, but it's not fundamentally about you. You mm. And so uh, a very recent example, yesterday, I was on the phone, uh, Jeff Ward, who does our external focus ministries, uh, he and I were on the phone with a church, it's a church you haven't heard of. And uh, just before, um, I'm sorry, just after uh, I looked at this guy's, uh, I was going to connect with him on social media. And he had like, you know, a thousand Twitter followers, right? And, um, and which is, you know, if you're a pastor, he's a senior pastor of a a big, growing, moving church, that's not probably a, a lot so but don't obsess if you have 900
0: you're, you're just email fine. John McGee so, if you're offended um,
1: by that. So John but McGee. but here's the deal. Yeah, Jeff and I just sat we said, "Have we actually heard about some of the stuff you're doing like truly um we we keep hearing about uh your church. Do you have a you have a few minutes just to tell us a little about what you're doing?" And he was like he was like, "Sure, you know, is there anything in particular that you want to know?" And he was just like really reluctant to kind of get in there and so we just we found a starting place and he started to talk. And, man, I couldn't write fast enough um, to, just to capture all the things that were going on in this guy's church. Yeah. And uh, they were planning churches left and right. Um, they had a—they uh, they didn't really care, like, where ultimately— once. Once they kind of got through the startup and uh, phase, and were really standing on their own two feet, they didn't they didn't care like where they landed uh, in terms of a denomination. Uh, they were serving the poor uh, in their city. They're doing some really really cool stuff uh, overseas, you know. And he and he wasn't bragging, but he was just letting me know how many people would come to Christ each year. <laughs> it was just, it was staggering, you know. And you kind of go like, "Was that like Are you are you sure that's the right number?" That Jeff and I both were like, "Are you kidding me?" And he used this is interesting. Uh, he used the pronoun we, uh, us, mm. ours, and he goes. He goes. We've got a guy that does this thing, right? And he would tell me about that. And he goes. Oh, we got another guy that that does that does this, and um, and I'm sure those ideas came from the senior pastor, guarantee, guaranteed. Yeah, and uh, he's probably driving those. But he truly, he was sitting there giving all credit. But you could tell, like this dude had a uh, force of. Uh, um, a clarity uh, that he knew exactly where they were going, what they were doing. He wasn't going to get pulled off sides and he never once. I don't remember once him talking about his personal contribution to any of this. That's amazing. Um, and, and I, I hung up the phone and it's like, well, just more of that
2: guy, Yeah, you know, That's so awesome, but more of but, that, guy. but more of you and, <laughs> and Jeff, because you could have just gone, yeah, Hey, Hey, what can I, what can I tell you about all my oh, sure. ministry yes. experience and all the great stuff? But you go, you know what? Hey, tell me about you and you're drawing out great stuff from others and i think that is a big deal i mean it's been a while since i've read that book but if i remember i think like a level 3 and a level 4 is is a great contributor get a lot of work done say a lot of good stuff that's great but a level 5 leader develops other leaders Mm -hmm. and watches and sets people to lead and fly on their own. And I see you always doing that. I saw you Mm -hmm. doing that on that call and I see you doing that on staff, which is to say, Hey, I I can lead fine, but I want to raise up 10 other awesome leaders. And I think
0: that's a big deal. That's That's great. All right. Hey, this was awesome. This was Great. like, this was a really good conversation. You guys all did your homework. Thank you.
1: That was right, good. Can I go like a bonus round?
0: Let's go bonus round. Is uh, this a
1: final thought or, or you got one more? Well, I can, I've got a hundred questions, but let me, let, we can go with this one if we-
0: All right, yeah, go, go, throw with, one more uh, question out there. Book on your nightstand. Thanks a million. A.J. Jacobs, who is, does that whole, he lives something, and then he writes about it. So the guy that wrote The Um, Year of Living Biblically, the guy that tried to read every page in the encyclopedia. So he tried to thank every person responsible for his morning cup of coffee. And he got, and he he thanked a thousand people. And so everybody from a coffee farmer to the people that designed the cup, to the people that designed the sleeve, to the logo designer, to the people that uh, make water or or, uh, keep the water clean in New York City. And so it was a it was a pretty humorous read just as he went through, and it just makes you go, oh, my gosh, for one little simple cup of coffee, there's a lot of people to thank. Uh, so I just got done with that one.
1: The guy's genius. I've never read anything, but I'll, I'll always that hear some funny. of his social experiments, yeah. and they're brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Greg, anything on your night Sam?
2: There's a book called Everybody Matters, there you go. and it's by a guy named Bob Chapman. And it's uh, some of the stuff I teased out of uh, it. Bob earlier. Goff? Uh, no, <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's a story of really of a manufacturing company, and okay. it's their journey from um, defining success as making money to uh, to defining success um, as impacting the people's lives and uh, using using their uh, their business to get to people, not using people to achieve success huh, in their good. business and their journey. A lot of the principles that we talked about earlier came from that. And, uh, it's a really, really great book.
1: Love it. About love you? it, love it. Um, so I'm reading Atomic Habits. Feels like, like everybody else on the, on the planet. Um, and, uh, that's, that's been helpful, but, uh, the book on my nightstand right now, like that gets picked up every night is, um, it's a book called A Gospel Primer by Milton mm. Vincent. Uh, have you guys ever read it? I Are, feel like I've heard of it, but yeah, I, that, that primer is kind of a, a catchy title. Yeah, so a uh, or of those primer, ones. probably if you're smarter than me. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I, I don't know. I've I don't know anyone else like who talks about it. And it's just really just kind of the implications of the gospel. The idea is like we preach the gospel to yourself every day. Yeah. So if you do that, then what happens? And. Um, hmm. And that's a book for whatever reason, Pam. It just resonated with Pam and I, uh, and we reread it a lot. And so one of the fun things in there, Pam takes better notes than me, but uh, I had a copy and I made some notes. She took my copy and read read in it for a while, and now I've got my copy with my notes and her notes in there. You know, throughout the different years, um, and that's been great just to see some of the promises of God or some of the things she was thinking about, some of the things I was thinking about, um, but. talking about just the implications of the gospel, which is not just salvation. We know that. Um, And, uh, but you know, if you believe the gospel, like you can be, uh, you can be honest, you can be authentic, um, you've already been found out, you know, you can lead courageous, uh, courageously, because like the future has already been settled. So just some of those kind of awesome. thoughts, it's been a really good way just to kind of end, in uh, the day with all the, you know, the things that you've got going the next day. And it's like, hey, just remember, like above all else, like the gospel. And uh, it applies, if you die tonight in your sleep, you're good, uh, but also it's going to have implications when you wake up in the morning. And uh, it's just been really helpful for me. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
2: Great. All right. I've got one question stirring on it around in my oh, head yeah. and if it stinks, you can delete it and I might lose all my credibility by asking it. But, um, okay, let's talk about the different kinds of leaders that we kind of juxtapose today. One of them is, you know, a little bit of a, a tyrant, you know, hey, here we go. We're going to go and serve me and here's the vision and let's go. And let's talk about, you know, just a kind of a more humble, quiet servant leader. Hey guys, what, you know, how can I, how can I serve you today? Um, can you build a really great, enduring, world-class organization without a little bit of that of that first, a little bit of that tyrant-type personality? Do you have to have a little bit of that to build a, a truly great, enduring organization?
1: Tyrant. I just don't like that word. I would say uh, someone who's got some serious drive, uh, yes, you have to have that. It, like, this is not Mr. Rogers that we're talking about level yep. five leader. It's not, it, uh, it, it, might be, uh, be someone with an inc- incredible booming voice and a physical presence that makes you, um, quake and, uh, and they might leverage that, you know, to, to clarify the mission and call everybody to what they uh, need to be about, but it's not fundamentally about them. And so the tyrant part being about them, no, uh, you know, uh, a tyrant in, in terms of like the mission matters. And we will like, this is, this is not up for discussion. We're not, we're, we're not going to debate our mission or whether we should like that has been decided. Yeah. Um, but it's not about me. Uh, you have to have that, I believe.
0: Yeah. And I, I think you know, I'm pointing John to your notes of, from the book that you referenced is great evidence that it does exist and you need all of them. And, um, and, and, so I, yeah, I think we're probably going to bristle against the word tyrant. I I mean, what I love about that spectrum and I know what you're what you're really getting at there, Greg, or I assume I know what you're getting at is that we need we need both. And yeah. so yeah, the organization has got to have a hard charger who's focused on the future, uh who is um just got that energy and that presence to just go, "Listen, uh there's nothing that's going to get in the way. You need people in your organization that hate the word no or you can't." You know, and And yeah, sometimes, sometimes maybe those types of people or that type of leader is going to frustrate some of the other types. That's why you need to still be Christians and learn how to resolve your conflict, but always appreciate one another. One is not better than the other. Both Mm, are necessary. Both needed, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because if you get too many tyrants, well, first of all, you're going to get nothing done. It's going to be all ideas that you're going to have the greatest ideas of any organization if it's all just the tyrant because nothing will get done. And if you have all doers, you're just going to, you're going to have one world-class service every single you know weekend in a church. You're just it's just going to be that one. You'll never think about anything else, and so we need both of them. You need the doers and the dreamers in there, and that's what I think is so amazing about the church is that God has made us all different. We're all here, and uh, we need each other, and let's love and respect one another and appreciate that I'm not you and you're not me. Yeah, uh, but you know, as that old adage, you're not better than me, and I'm not better than you. And, but we need each other. And that's when, that's when this church, when when the church is just going to be what God wants it to be is the hope of the world is when we're recognizing humbly that I need this guy just as much as he needs me. And let's go, let's do this together. That's when it's fun. I'm fired up. That's when it's fun. All right, guys, this has been a great conversation. Greg, thanks for jumping in and joining us. Loved it. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. So if you uh, have any questions or comments on today's episode or topics you'd like for us to consider for the future, please feel free to contact us via email. We love getting email from you guys, and we, we read all of them, and we, we respond to all of them. So we can be reached at clp at watermark.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.